Welcome to How You Spend Your Days. The goal of this show is to explore debt, break down the stigma around talking about money, and share my own journey of becoming debt-free. My name is Colin Loretz, and today I am joined by Chanel Bissett. She's a personal finance writer, and we both did a no-spend challenge for the month of February. So uh, we're here to talk about that. Welcome to the show, Chanel. Thanks, Colin. So this challenge for me, if you've been listening to the show, needed to happen because of my spending in uh, food, drinks, coffee, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I had been reading the book Get Money by Kristen Wong, and she actually had a challenge in there for uh, just cutting out restaurants only. And so we thought, you know, we got to talking and we thought it'd be a good idea to put our own spin on that and kind of define our own rules. So what got you into the challenge in the first place? So I would say that after spending uh, for the holidays, my uh, bank account was looking a little more lean than I preferred. And uh, I had heard of doing uh, frugal challenges before. Um, I follow the blog Meet the Frugal Woods and the Uber Frugal Challenge is something that the author likes to kick off with her fans. So when um, when you were talking about this to me and when some of my coworkers uh, decided to do a frugal February challenge, I decided to join in and I figured there was strength in numbers and it helps to have a support system. Definitely. Yeah, the accountability piece of that is, I think, key. I think, you know, for this show, I'm hoping that other people will will try to do their own challenge. We picked the shortest month, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, but I think a lot of things that we learned and, and did, you know, it's not that much shorter. So, you know, if if you think that you could also do with a little, uh, it's almost like a spending detox or a little cleanse around spending, um, just doing a little reset. Um, and I think there's a lot that we've learned from this. Uh, and so what kind of rules did you have? And then I'll go into my rules were a little different too. So I think we can go into each of that and then go from there. Sure. Uh, so for me, what I had realized was that I had really gotten into a habit of relying on convenience for my uh, restaurant eating. And uh, I wasn't cooking at home as much as I wanted to. And I was going out to bars a lot. So for me, those were the two big spending categories that I really wanted to focus on. So for me, I was going to uh, do my best to not eat out and to find ways of socializing that didn't involve um, buying cocktails a few times a week. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that sounds very similar to me. Um, I think like Kristen Wong's challenge was just no restaurants. Um, and for me, I needed that to include coffee shops. Um, and so thankfully, uh, because of this, Starbucks has no hold on me. Uh, the various local coffee shops have no hold on me anymore. Still drink their coffee. We have it in the office as we talk about all the time. But um, just that habit is gone, right? That The first thing you do is you go somewhere to go get what you're looking for instead of making it yourself. Um, and yeah, so for me, it was coffee shops and really anywhere that I was buying food that I didn't make it myself. Right. And uh, you and I have an interesting challenge being remote employees or freelance employees where it's um, part of socializing as a human to want to be around people and uh, going and spending money in restaurants and in bars or coffee shops, you know, that's an easy way to get that socializing fix. And so um, replacing those habits becomes even harder when you don't have an office necessarily to go into. Yeah. I've heard some people have said like just that having that transaction, you know, with a barista or something in the morning, is, you know, something that they miss or it's a ritual. It's something that, you know, they don't want to do without. And so, you know, I still think it comes down to like figuring out 
what you're spending money on and then figuring out what you like to spend money on versus things you're just mindlessly spending on. Because um, if you do enjoy going to a coffee shop, like, cool, make that your thing. That's fine. But cut out all the things that you don't care about. Um, so I guess in doing this, what challenges did you run into? Did you have, uh, I, I'll admit, I didn't have a perfect streak on this, right? Um, but what kinds of challenges did you run into in terms of uh, where you needed to spend money um, or, you know, I think uh, just plan things where you knew you were going to be in a situation where you had to spend money. Right. Well, before I even agreed to do the challenge, I knew that there were going to be two big caveats to my no spend month. Um, the first is it's my birthday month. And so I did have <laughs> some social events planned with friends and, um, you know, just a little self-love, I guess, uh, you know, allowing myself to spend a little bit more than I otherwise would. Um, and then later in the month, I was down in Las Vegas for a long weekend for a friend's bachelorette party. And um, Las Vegas really creeps up on you. You know, you think that uh, you're going to be somewhat responsible, but next thing you know, you're spending $20 on a cocktail or, you know, you're getting the Uber for your group or, or what have you. So I ended up spending a lot more money than I intended to. Um, yeah. So that was like yeah. a vacation in a way, right? So you're not right. necessarily cooking, you know, when you're out on a trip like that. Right. Um, I mean, we tried our best. You know, we we got an affordable Airbnb and we did a lot of our meals there. But even so, um, one meal in Las Vegas and then, uh, you know, all of us chipping in for the, the bride-to-be, that really added up fast. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Las Vegas plies you with booze constantly, so you keep making those spending decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me um, – I had a few planned things as well, so that helped to kind of just write that down before going into the challenge and just, you know, being gentle and just allowing yourself to do that. Um, if you're going to do one of these challenges, I think, you know, being honest with yourself and just saying like, yeah, we're we're going to allow a little bit of drift here. Uh, we're not going to beat ourselves up and just start, you know, it, the moment that you go out to eat, you go off the rails and you just stop doing the challenge. I think getting... Right back on the challenge the next day is is pretty helpful. Uh, for me, cooking um, has become something I really enjoy doing. I think I always have enjoyed it. It's just like you, you know, convenience. It's just easier when you're out and about to just pick something up. And um, yeah, so I think for me, the challenges were mostly just like making sure I didn't put myself in a position where I would have to eat out or you know, get coffee and all of that. So right, absolutely. And I think making grocery shopping, um, something that previously seemed like a chore, at least to me, um, is now a ritualistic thing that I very much enjoy. And um, you know, I know you talk a lot about Trader Joe's on this show, and I have <laughs> to, uh, you know, show my fandom there as well because it's really an experience that is delightful um, to go in and smell good things and see cute packaging and. Um, you know that, and the, the the serving sizes too are good for single people or couples or what have you. So it's um it's a way to save money that is actually like really fun. Like it's yeah. a fun part of my week now. Yeah, and I end up now now that I've pretty much weaned myself off of restaurants. You know, going to Trader Joe's more than once a week, um, just because I'm still bad at figuring out how much food I need. Um, but the overall cost is still so much less, which is good. And they have coffee and they have all you know, uh, wine and all that kind of stuff too. So, right, um, their their four dollar and two dollar chuck is not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a it's an acquired taste, but in the yeah. opposite direction, I suppose. But still, really good. So overall, how would you say you did for the month? Is this something you would do again, or is it something maybe you look at different categories of spending, that kind of thing? Yeah, uh, I think overall I'm very happy with the results. Um, 
I stretched my culinary skills a little bit, tried making Gordon Ramsay's uh, famous scrambled eggs. And, you know, they cost just as much as regular eggs, but the technique is everything. And I think just learning little tricks in the kitchen to spice things up and to make it interesting and exciting is is a really fun uh, way to save money while doing something that you love and eating good food. So, so I felt like that was definitely a win. Um, but for me, I think that I fell victim a little bit to something that people who do this challenge often find, which is you save all your purchases for the following month. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think I did terribly, but I know that I did have a little bit of a spending splurge um, at the beginning of March just because I felt a little bit like I'd, I'd been so good and now it's time to reward myself for being so good. So I think I would really need to change my um, – you know, philosophy and uh, mindset around that. But um, but overall, I think it was definitely worth it. And it allowed me to um, break habits that I had fallen into for convenience. And um, they say it takes three weeks to make a new habit. And February was four weeks. So I feel like that was that was good. New habit achieved. Yeah. So <laughs> for me, uh, I went through Mint and looked and I know that I went out to eat more than two times, but I only paid to go out to eat two times. Right. <laughs> so that might have been, you know, someone treating me to, to a meal or something like that. I think uh, in terms of going out to eat, I think it was, I could be counted on one hand. So uh, overall, I was happy about that. Um, and like I mentioned before, it really was an impulse to literally like, I'm bored. I want to go to the coffee shop and, you know, work or go to the coffee shop and just, you know, hang out. And now I don't feel that anymore, which is good. Um, so if you have that feeling, um, replacing it with something that doesn't cost money or, you know, even working at a coffee shop, you have that feeling of you need to keep buying stuff to like hang out there. Right. Um, what I found really inspiring is uh, the support that I found from telling my friends about doing this challenge. Um, you know, even ones who weren't doing the challenge with me uh, were totally happy to find creative ways to spend time together, whether that's, um, you know, doing wine at home or watching a movie or, you know, uh, this is actually kind of a, a time to reap good karma, I suppose, as well, because, you know, I, I pay for friends here and there. And when they found out I was doing a no spend February, they, <laughs> you know, decided that was the time to treat you treat me yeah, yeah which was um which was a really lovely surprise and um you know as the weather gets nicer i think that's an even better time to do a frugal challenge because you can go on hikes or you know go to the lake or the pool and you know find these really frugal ways to spend time that don't involve spending very much money at all oh yeah yeah and then you're packing lunch and food and stuff anyway so you're not going to be tempted to go out to eat or spend right. money and you know it, in the long run it's going to end up being you know cheaper um and i think for me figuring out how to make cooking and all of this fun right so it's like part of its accountability it's like oh no someone's going to find out that i didn't do the thing i set out to do like that probably is not enough in the general scheme of things like you have to have fun with it you have to enjoy doing it um and so hopefully this will stick i'm not holding myself to any challenge right now but i've allowed like it's we're recording this in the middle of march um and most of my spending is pretty similar to what it was in february i splurged a little bit as well um you know things that i noted that i wanted i didn't specifically say i wasn't going to buy anything in february but um, I definitely like kind of earmarked things that I was looking at buying and just didn't allow myself to buy them and wait to see if I still wanted to buy those things. And so was able to make those purchases in March and, you know, things at Target and stuff like that. So, 
Right. <laughs> yes, I fell into the same boat there. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think being aware, it's not like we went out and splurged, you know, on a huge meal. I think that was the concern that Danny had in her interview was that like, you're going to go out and, you know, dine in, in, in uh, luxury right after that, um, which, you know, didn't end up happening. And I think, you know, being able to get excited about being able to go to a restaurant and not saying I'm not allowed to do that is also fun and picking which things you want to go to and figuring out again, like what your favorite things were. <laughs> right. And I think there's just a lot more uh, appreciation for the splurges um, that we have done since March. Like for me, um, you know, spending a little bit more money on a nicer bottle of liquor for cocktails at home, you know, that's going to be way cheaper than going to bars. But oh, yeah. um you know, it still feels a little bit luxe and a little bit like a yeah. like a treat yourself. You can have <laughs> quantity of well drinks or get the nice bottle of something that you want to try or, right. you know, just different experiences that you're not going to have quality over quantity. Um, are there any other side effects or outcomes and things that, that you felt from this? There was a, one thing that I found uh, really helpful, and that was um, making it as easy as possible to stick to my low slash no spend month. So right after grocery shopping, coming home and prepping all the food that you're planning on eating, I know this is something you've talked about in previous episodes. It's just, it really does make things so much easier, even if you're not doing the full-blown meal prep where every single meal is complete. Just having everything ready to go to throw into a pan with some eggs or, um, you know, cooking rice that you can just microwave, things like that. I think setting yourself up for success that way makes this kind of month easier to to stomach. Yeah. So that's a good tip for anybody who wants to try this. I've said it, I'm a fan of of the the prepping of the ingredients like you would in like a like a sous chef situation versus creating everything from scratch and then like hoping all your meals are still good in a week from now and all of that. You know, I just I know that if I had to sit every Sunday and cook all day long, it's just not going to happen. Um, but getting all those things ready so that when you start to feel like you need to go out to eat that you can just, you know, put something together faster than it would take to even get there um, has been pretty key for me, too. And then. Right. Having good spices and playing around with like new ingredients and just learning new techniques like you said you did. Uh, I think all those are good tips. Um, you know, get your friends involved, get your work involved, whatever it takes to, to make it stick for you, uh, I think really helps. And, right. Yeah. And I, and I found um, I I got a lot more creative with how I was going to spend my time with friends. And also, um, if I was really getting an itch to go out and spend, you know, I'd uh, dig up some old gift cards that I hadn't used all of yet and sort of use that as more of an outing to, you know, browse the aisles of, you know, Ulta or Sephora or something like that and just like test things out. And it just sort of became a nice little treat for myself. And I wasn't technically spending money, but I could get something small out of it. Um, so I think just giving yourself those little wins um, really helps. Yeah. All right. So for everyone who comes here for the numbers, <laughs> um, I did go through, like I mentioned, my mint. Um, so it was not a perfect month by any means, you know, but I was still very good about um, making sure that when I went to a coffee shop, it was for a work meeting. It wasn't just to go there mindlessly. So what my month of February ended up looking like was uh, nine charges at coffee shops uh, for a total of $66, 
two times at restaurants for $46. So that was about two meals. And then 10 times at the bars, which ended up being more than both the restaurants and coffee shops combined. So that's an interesting one for me to look at next. Um, But overall, my food and dining, um, so that's groceries included, groceries, coffee shops, restaurants, and bars, ended up being $520, which if we go back to episode four, was $1,200. So that was a big difference. Um, and I've discovered in just looking at that, that I've been spending um, not as low as $30 a week, like in Danny's episode, but hitting between 50 and $75 a week. And that does include wine and things like that. So I haven't like pulled all, all of that specifically. Um, but that's like just Trader Joe's budget, basically. Um, so my overall spending is lower. And now I have to start thinking about and just like looking at like, how much more do I want to optimize? Or is it now time to just focus on the debt and, you know, start getting out of that, which is the whole point of the show. So. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I do admire people who can live like ascetic monks who just, you know, strip all the unnecessary things away in their lives. But ultimately, I don't think that's very achievable for most of us. And I think, you know, Part of life is enjoying the small things and oh, indulging yeah. and splurging where you can. And but it's all about being intentional with those. those Absolutely. Splurges. Yeah, and I think you know I mentioned the NPR Life Kit episodes last time. I'll put a link to them in the description. But if you're looking for more financial tips and just things to listen to outside of this show, it does a really good job of making the, the, this discussion fun. And I love one of the interviews that they talk about where, you know, when this journey is going to take a long time for you, whether it's student loans or credit cards or, you know, whatever, even paying off your house, it's going to take a long time and you can cut out everything like you mentioned and have no fun and just, you know, deprive yourself all the time, or you can be intentional with it um, and make sure that, you know, having some fun with it means you're going to stick with it. If it's not fun any of the time, you're probably going to fall off the the course that you've set for yourself. And then you're going to look back and wish that you had stayed on it, you know, two years from now, three years from now, when you're still in debt um, and still trying to figure out how to, to make ends meet and all of that. So, um, so we'll, we'll definitely start exploring more of that now that we've been looking at what we're spending money on. Um, I think there's a little bit, probably another episode to look at income um, and talk about that a little bit more. But now we're getting into that prime time of really focusing on the debt um, and getting that gone. So this show is going to go for many episodes more until that happens. And even after I get out of debt, you know, knock on wood, there's going to be more episodes for things like looking at credit scores and, you know, methods and habits for what, what you do with your money, you know, once you have uh, achieved debt freedom. So um, are there any last things you want to leave everybody with tips or tricks that you've learned over this month? Uh, well, I definitely think it's great to um, have strength in numbers and to uh, try a challenge maybe with a, a partner or friends or work colleagues um, and just gamify it and make it something that, you know, you can look back on and say that you learned something from or you you changed a small part of your routine to make it more optimized or, you know, just looking at the end of the month and seeing that, oh, you know, you spent 400 less dollars than you typically would have or or you know, even if it's just cutting back a little bit, I think it's just a very gratifying experience overall. So I really hope um, some of the listeners try it and and let you know how it goes. Absolutely. Yeah. If you do try a challenge, we'd love to hear about it. So you can check us out on uh, the website at howyouspendyourdays.com. As always on Twitter and Instagram at howyouspend. 
Uh, we've gotten a couple people who've reached out, uh, personal friends and things, also texting, you know, that the, the student, um, student loan episode that we had last week was helpful for them, uh, especially when you're looking at such large numbers and just a mountain of debt, just knowing that, you know, some people have gotten through it is, is always helpful um, and strategies for that. So if you uh, haven't listened to that episode yet, definitely check that out. Um, but we're always looking for stories and anyone who wants to share any of their goals um, and how that's been going, especially once you start thinking about the psychology of, uh, you know, how we spend money, how we are spending our time. And uh, we will continue the show next week. So thanks so much for being on the show, Chanel. Yeah, thanks, Colin. All right. See you guys. Music in this episode from Blue Dot Sessions.